Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. like you to join the R.I.P.D. The R.I.P.D. Rest in peace department. I think you're smelling what I'm selling. Your job is catching deados, the bad souls that escape judgment. Meet your new partner. Now, you gotta earn that. Come on. We are the greatest lawmen that ever lived and died. Now, some souls hide out among the living. Damn. I don't know what else to shoot you between. There's something else. You don't look like you, you don't sound like you anymore. So what do I look like? Really, an old Chinese guy? What about you? Well, I guess you win, Roy. You ready? Stanley and the Wiki. We're with the Department of Health. Who's your spec? You might be dead. You can back there, Swamp. My treat. No, I'm not, I'm not going near that. Don't pimp up! You might notice we're pretty durable. Still hurts. I've never seen that before. If the dead take over, that's it for the living world. They picked the wrong venue to make a stand. This world's for the living, and R.I.P.D. is gonna keep it that way. Holy! That went well. Assuming the world don't end. Fun, right? Don't tense up. Welcome to They Call This a Movie, testing the strength of friendships one terrible movie at a time. Subscribe to the podcast and iTunes on podcast services by searching They Call This a Movie and find us on Twitter and Instagram at TicTampod. That's T-C-T-A-M pod. Welcome back to They Call This a Movie. This is Anthony Delvecchio. With me, as always, is Dan Aquino and Mark Myers. Say hello, gentlemen. Hey, friends. Hello, everyone. Um, 
So I had something occur while I'm doing, um, you know, uh, after I came back from watching Creed 3 in the theaters and then watched Demolition Man at home, um, I uh, have continued my journey of uh, uh, putting all my DVDs up on a Plex server. And uh, the only reason I bring this up, not to just say DVDs or Plex servers or anything like that, but it made me realize just how many DVDs I own and didn't realize that I had bought that much physical media. I don't know if there's, um, I know we all, uh, of all of us, you know, all obsess over something. Um, is there something that you, A, don't want to know the number two, or B, know the number and um, are in disbelief of it every time thinking of things you've just collected or physical media, anything? over the years all the women i've banged boom there we go yeah perfect time to introduce our guest this week (laughs) (laughs) uh but before we do that uh my answer is probably the vinyl i've accumulated over the past couple years now that i've moved into a house that has space for a record player i bought quite a bit of records I also have a lot of books that both my wife and I have joined together. So it's a whole bunch of bro books like Chuck Palahniuk books and Harry Potter. So it's a weird <laughs> amalgamation. <laughs> what about Dan? Dan, you got anything? Got any collections of stuff? Oh, oh no, I moved you in. You don't even have to answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> I guess comic books. <laughs> We have a lot of comic books. We have a lot of uh, collectibles, just like random, uh, you know, miniatures and stuff like that. But not nothing that I'm obsessed over, I would say. Yeah. Um, my, yeah, my more, have them. yeah. My more thought was not so much obsessed over, but like so, like you have so much of that you don't want to know the exact number. Like, you know what I mean? Like you count all your comic books. and Someone tells you like 215 comic books. Oh, it's not even close to that. No, but it's, I'm just saying, like, you get the number and you're like, well, no, you know, more or less. It's less. It's far yeah. less. I've probably got 60 pieces of yeah. graphic novels, 60, 60 graphic novels. Trade paperbacks you're talking about. No, not comic books, really. Just oh. just the graphic novels. I have maybe oh, trade paperbacks less than 30. Interesting. Yeah, I would have got I got I. Oh, you know what? I actually action figures. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah no i remember moving you in and throwing yeah. my back out carrying your toys <laughs> <laughs> these are legit i think that's probably what i would be embarrassed by like and you have 110 action figures <laughs> just like random ones too there's no rhyme or reason to it but yeah that's about it i'd say gotcha yeah i remember that well <laughs> But as I mentioned, we do have a guest, and so to introduce her, we'll say that she gets half of those action figures in event of a divorce. Hell so, yeah. welcome to the show. <laughs> Jen, Jen, welcome. Hello, everybody. How's it going? Good, good. We asked you to be on this because you were the one that suggested this movie, mm-hmm. uh, because we were supposed to watch Steel, and we couldn't find Steel anywhere. Anywhere. But uh, before we get into this week's movie, why don't you kind of, you know, plug anything you want to plug? Where can we find you? What are you up to these days? So uh, Mark and myself are a part of Game Vault Pod. I don't know if he mentions it or he will be mentioning it later, but I'll mention it now. Um, You could check us out on Podbean and all of your other podcasting services just by searching for the Game Vault. And we're also a Twitch stream. You can find us on Twitch at Game Vault Pod. 
And then I am also a Twitch streamer at Roxy Foxy. It's spelled a little weird, so I'll spell it out. It's R-O-X-I-I-F-O-X-I-I on Twitch. Nice. Yeah, Mark mentioned the Game Vault podcast yesterday as if it was something new, but you guys almost have almost 100 episodes, so interesting. Yeah, it's the first I'm hearing of it. <laughs> I see. <laughs> Stop outing me. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Mark's the social media manager for the Game Vault podcast, too, which oh, bodes I well. I would never say I'm the social media manager for anything. <laughs> Not even my well. own personal Twitter account. <laughs> <laughs> But seeing as how you are the one that suggested this movie, Jen, why don't you introduce this week's movie? What are we watching? Sure. So we are watching R.I.P.D. Mm-hmm. Rest was... in Peace Division. Yep, exactly. Or Department. Division, right? I think it's, uh, oh my God, I just, I literally just watched, it's Department. I could not tell you for, <laughs> if, if you held a gun is to this, my head, I couldn't have told you what the name of it, it was. Is this a Mandela effect thing? It's not popular enough to be a Mandela effect. (laughs) (laughs) I just watched it too, and I didn't remember. Yeah. Yeah, so Jen, where are you coming from with R.I.P.? So R.I.P.D. and its sequel, for some reason, whenever I see trailers... Wait, wait, there's a sequel? Yes. Yes, Yes, there is. It can't star either of these two, right? Uh, I believe it stars Jeff Bridges, doesn't it? No, it does not. Shit. No, it does not. It stars not Walton Goggins. Well, Jeffrey, oh. Donov- Jeffrey Donovan from the hit TV series Burn Notice. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, I wow. fell asleep during that movie. Just so you know. So hold, okay. hold on. Wait a minute. It did, wait a minute. It did come yeah. out last year. I, so. I just need to know something. Uh-huh. You fell asleep. Did you imagine Jeff Bridges in this movie then? <laughs> um. Honestly, I think it was just the cowboy connection from this movie. I just assumed that it was him because I don't remember the the other one at all. Gotcha. Okay. So that was he, my it, memory not working. Jeffrey Donovan is playing Roy Pulsifer in this in that movie. So he is playing the same character. There you go. So that, then, makes, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, this yeah. is new. Wow. News to me. <laughs> yes. So I think I had actually seen the trailer for the second one first. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. For some reason, it, it drew me in. And then I realized there was an RIPD, the original one that we watched. And my sister was here the other day um, and we were just scrolling through, I think it was Netflix and we stopped on the trailer and it was just playing. So we're like, do you want to watch this? It looks, it looks, it, it looks like it's going to be bad, but Ryan Reynolds is in it. So why not? That was kind of our, our thinking. And we watched it in its entirety. And I think it was just, it was so silly and bad that it was kind of like funny <laughs> to us. Sure. So yeah, I, I thought that this would be a good movie for you guys to review at some point. So I, I threw it in there and and it uh, I guess it was good enough to be selected. Sure. Yeah. And the uh, hey, Ryan, Net- Ryan Reynolds is in this. Why don't we just watch this is the business model of Netflix in these past three or four years. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I was telling Jen, we were so close. We were I could taste it not having to worry about Ryan Reynolds anymore as an actor. <laughs> Like this was the point where he was just putting stinker after stinker out, right? It, like he didn't do anything good until Deadpool saved his ass. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's the he, dark times. Oh yeah, to say the least. Like, I'm, so I'm going through his IMDb because so this came out 2013, right? Mm-hmm. So he was in Green Lantern, which was in 2011. Then he did The Crudes, Turbo, uh, Safe House. He did like a bunch of X Men Origins Wolverine. The Voices was directly after this. And then it's just, it's 
terrible up until 2015 when Deadpool comes out. 2016, Deadpool comes out, and that saved his career, essentially. Yeah. Like, uh, if you, uh, like, if on my phone, on my Netflix app, you type in RIPD and you get, like, several movies with just Ryan Reynolds' dumb face and the Netflix <laughs> logo over it. Adam Project, Red Notice, to name of two. This is the, his same stupid smug smirk. Yeah. Just one going left looking right, the other one right looking left. <laughs> it's the moneymaker. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds should be on his knees every month in front of Rob Layfield, just thanking him for creating <laughs> Deadpool. And all those pouches. All right, Dan, where are you coming from with R.I.P.D.? Okay, so I, I'd seen bits and pieces of this. I'd never fully seen it. And I'm not... I, I don't I don't want to be too harsh on this movie because it doesn't deserve to be harsh. This movie is just a, an afterthought in cinema history. It, mm-hmm. it it just it came and quickly went. No one cares about R.I.P.D. I, I don't know what else to say about it. it it's it, it's the dollar store men in black, essentially, yeah. um, except it's not nearly as cool. And it, it, I, I will say that it had an interesting premise. Right, so you're you're swapping aliens for ghosts, right? Uh, which is fine, but I don't know. It, the ghosts look bad. They don't really do anything unique with them. And like uh, Jen and I were were mentioning that they make all the ghosts sound like a generic thug or like goon, right? Whenever they talk, they're like, yeah. Then like, there's nothing unique about them. They just look weird. Uh, I I don't. This is going to be tough because this movie gives you nothing to work with. Mm-hmm. It's just it. It's Ryan Reynolds making sarcastic jokes, and it's this is uh, Jeff Bridges in his mumblecore stage. Yeah, <laughs> he's, just, he's just like gumming around. <laughs> you leave him alone. Oh, I I know Jen loves. I, I am in love with his character. He is actually, I think, what made this movie so adorable to me it's it's so great interesting yes yeah i i got nothing left to say it's 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 a movie so jen cosplay idea roy pulsifer <laughs> love it can't wait <laughs> <laughs> but All right. as roy and not his avatar oh yeah definitely yeah, yeah. D- dan can be the avatar yeah do I, perfect do i get to go uh billy goat you jen absolutely not because that was very disturbing <laughs> Uh, well then, you're not sticking true to the character. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I, I, I kind of, I guess that would be in the script, unless that was all improv. But that really felt like a Parker Posey choice. Was that Parker Posey or not? No, that was no. Mary um, Louise Mary, Parker. So, so Close. discount Parker Posey. Got it. Ooh, wow, Ooh. coming in hot with your gathing, gathing review of Mary Louise Parker. I know also, she was on weeds, it, man. Isn't it International <laughs> Women's Month? Oh, Oh, damn. They all look alike to Mark. (laughs) I'm here for the ladies tonight. It'll be okay. 102 episodes of Weeds. Put some respect on the name. (laughs) All right, Mark, where are you coming from with R.I.P.? Well, I hated the Proctor character. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, No, the... uh, I'll agree with Jen um, in in the sense that um, I think, in my opinion, the the Jeff Bridges character makes the movie. Um... He's the most interesting part in terms of um, I did want to little, know a little bit more about him um, than they actually give. Uh, they give like little bits and pieces here. And, and then I, I do just want to know more. Um, so they did a good job uh, with that character. 
I'm assuming this comes from like a, a graphic novel or a comic book, right? Because I feel there's source material that they're trying to stay true to with this. Not sure. Um, just because some things seemed very specific um, to not have already existed. Um, but um, the one thing I didn't like uh, as about the movie overall, really, is that, no, this isn't saying I'm a genius or anything, but as soon as you see uh, the gold um, in the first encounter, I immediately knew Kevin Bacon's character was dead. Um, so, uh, it was like, all right, well, when are we going to get to that reveal? It kind of, kind of obvious. Um, so, uh, yeah, it kind of, it kind of just, it, it felt way too predictable. Um, they could have had a couple more twists along the way. Um, you know, added in, you know, maybe, maybe a different villain or something. So that it wasn't just plainly obvious that it was Kevin Bacon's character the entire time. Um, uh, but I guess it's you know, simple, um, you know, action movie here. Um, I think they were really banking on, and probably, like you said, the last time until Deadpool, they were pretty much banking on uh, Ryan Reynolds and to carry this movie with, with Jeff Bridges just sort of being the the uh, the comic relief, you know, um, alongside him and not worried about much else in this movie because the, you know, the story is very generic um, and, the, and the bits and pieces that are interesting, um, they don't explore. Um, at all like I would love to have known more about you know the guy that, that does the numbers at, at Fenway Park is apparently a dead guy um, back there um, those little things kind of like um, I wish got fleshed out a little bit more um, but yeah I think overall it's a it's a, a stylish action movie um, and very very forgettable as Dan said but yeah, it's not it's not something that I would instantly turn off if I saw it on basic cable. Uh, so you know, essentially, I it sounds like that second one wasn't that good because my first thought after this movie um, was I hope they did something interesting with the second movie, but I guess it was just trying to make money on Netflix. Yeah, I mean, it came out in 2022 though, so it's not like exactly like they're trying to strike while the iron was lukewarm, but. Yeah. As for me, I have never seen this before. I am not a Ryan Reynolds fan in any stretch of the imagination. I know it's become a meme, basically, of all straight men. If they had to pick one man to be gay with, it would be Ryan Reynolds. I am not that, because I don't find him particularly funny. And here he's not very, like, and having said that, he's not very funny here, as far as I'm concerned. No. I don't even think he's trying to be funny. I think he's he's trying to be the straight man, which is a very interesting change to it not not Mm -hmm. not so interesting that i enjoyed the movie just an interesting i was like oh huh that's interesting it's perfectly okay i would forget about this movie in about a week i think there's not anything particularly interesting in it besides jeff bridges really chewing the scenery but you know he's not bad at it um kevin bacon is also doing like this weird He's very weird in the third act. Like he's mm-hmm. trying to do a Boston accent, but uh, yeah. it's not Boston accent he's doing. Felt like felt like Jersey, to be honest with you. He has one line where he has a like a real thick Boston accent. I can't yeah. remember the line, but oh something. Yeah, it was something <laughs> along those lines. But yeah, something like that. I, I made the the observation early. Like at least Reynolds knows well enough to not try to pull off a Boston accent. So I gave him kudos for that. Yeah, but, but no one, no one sounds like they're from Boston in this movie. Not, I guess they don't really talk to me, too many people. But yeah, 
Don't forget about that one, the Dedo that said wicked in the yeah, end. True. <laughs> Just to cement the fact that they're in Boston. Right. Good yeah. point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah gotta, gotta get wicked in there. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Kevin Bacon really, I, I, I think we pointed out at the end, Kevin Bacon realized that this is going to be a, a bomb. So he kind of was like, I'm just going to have fun with it. Yeah. I, the action scenes really didn't do much for me, to be honest with you. Just, it felt like a lot of noise. Mm-hmm. And the one thing I was thinking of was like, how doesn't anybody know about the RIPD? Right? Sure. Because that's, that's the whole thing is like Mary Louise Parker gets pissed off at them because uh, they let a daddy out in front of everybody. It's like, but like the men in black, they have a way of, you know, washing that all away, right? With the little mind erasing pen. Yeah. Like you, these things happen. So there is a, a protocol for doing things like that. They erase the public's uh, memories. So here it's like, there is no evidence in Ryan Reynolds' life that anything like this has ever happened before. And it's just weird that all of a sudden, once he dies, it's like all out in the open. It's it's a, a string of coincidences. Right. Right. It, it just so happens that all of these people start coming back and start revealing themselves the moment he dies. Mm-hmm. Because that's what yeah. the movie calls for. Right. Essentially. Uh, yeah, I, I think there could have been a better way of handling it. Like, basically... Because at, at points in the movie, you see when there's an action sequence going on between Ryan Reynolds, Jeff Bridges, and a, a dead person, a deado, as they're called. You see James Hong and Marissa Miller. They're the avatars of Reynolds and Bridges, respectively. And you don't see James Hong holding a gun. He's holding a banana. Yeah. So why couldn't it be the people just see, like, random things happening, not an actual dead person doing these things right well i'm assuming the when they pop is when sort of the the, the i was going to say disguise but um sort of the veil is lifted um okay. for saying that is my read without really knowing it um would be why they see that guy and no one else um yeah i think i think that the two most interesting things in this movie that i wish they Um, did a little bit better or spent a little bit more time on is um, the the this Ryan Reynolds going to his own funeral Um, I you know I thought they could have done that a little bit better that isn't one they should have spent more time on Um, you know it was just uh, you know just trying to do you know a little bit uh, too much humor in it Um, you could have had that be shorter and just be an emotional moment and have him run down and the only comedy is is Jeff Bridges' character going, oh, well, there he goes, you know, or something like that. Like that, everybody does that um, uh, when when they first uh, when they first joined the force. Um, and then I would have I would have liked to um, maybe spent a little more time with um, uh, Ryan uh, Ryan. Jesus, I'll just call him Ryan Reynolds. I forget his name. That's fine. But uh, Ryan Reynolds and Julia. Just because I didn't really, it's like one scene and you're supposed to feel that he's going to, you know, has this, this undying love for her in, in like one scene, um, you know, and you could have cut out some other superfluous action scenes and just given me a second scene, um, just something, you know, um, and, you know, it, the, the his relationship with Julia is interesting um, in the fact of, you know, same thing with the funeral. I think they're they're tied together in that um, the idea of dying and then coming back in the same town that you died in, 
like literally right afterwards, like just that emotional baggage. Um, I think they could have done a little bit more with, even though it was just a silly action movie, um, uh, just to get us to endear to the characters a little more. Uh, but yeah, I think I think that's where, and, and both of those things are early on. Um, so they missed the boat there, and then you're just disconnected the rest of the movie. Um, and then I did have a question for you guys. Um, I, I'm sure I know the answer to this, but was the was Kevin Bacon's character's goal to always just murder um, Ryan Reynolds' character, despite the fact that he knew about the RIPD? You know, like I, I had. Did he want to bring him in? Like I, I, that part I couldn't figure out. You see, Jen, what what was I talking about? before you, you kind of brought up the same question and i think i think we kind of talked about the fact that maybe he was using ryan reynolds character to hold on to the artifact for him so that he wasn't the one that was caught with it because i guess the ripd were could have potentially been trying to find these artifact pieces okay um and then once ryan reynolds decided hey i changed my mind i don't want this i feel bad about this thing that i did he was like, all right, well, now he's got to go because now, you know, the risk is that he's going to get me in trouble for this and I'm going to get found out. So that's when he decides to kill him. I think that's kind of what we were thinking was the idea behind that, but I'm not sure. Okay. It, Kevin Bacon takes a, a very unnecessary risk because no, he knows that the RIPD exists. So he murders his, his partner who has a better chance of joining the RIPD than, say, a, a regular person. Why would you murder a fellow law enforcement officer when you're yeah. trying to pull off this heist? Yeah, and I think he doesn't even seem surprised, right, when he finds out that it's Nick reincarnated, mm -hmm. or no. not reincarnated, but that he's he's with the RIPD. Like He's just like, oh, hey, yeah, it's you. Like, it's about, it's about no time. Shot. Yeah, so it doesn't really make sense, I guess, if you think about it like that. Sure. This, this movie... It, it jumps into too much and it tries to give you too much exposition too quickly. You need you need a scene where he's training, where Ryan Reynolds' character is training a little bit with Jeff Bridges. You know, it's not just, oh, yeah, you're here and now go. Go to your first bust. Uh, it, you got to kind of show him the ropes a little bit, show him that he can he's a little durable, things that he can and can't do instead of just learning on the on the go, uh, because one, it gives you a time to learn the rules, and two, it gives you time to kind of get acclimated with what the RIPD is. Yeah, yeah, I yep. think, yeah, using an example, like you said, with Men in Black, um, we said earlier, they spend enough time in the beginning um, getting you familiar with the organization before throwing you into the plot Yeah, um, right. of it, which makes you understand things and can kind of you know, feel out why certain things happen. Like, things just seem to happen in this movie. Like, there's no rhyme or reason behind it. Um, like, the, you know, eter eternal affairs, um, you know, just seems like maybe have maybe have it happen before, you know, the moment when it happens in a movie. So you can go, oh, no, it's eternal affairs. You know, like, it happens, and you're like, oh, I don't really care. I don't know what this means. That, that is actually... It makes me feel great that cops are even crooked in the afterlife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Jeff Bridges just blows a, a, a guy away. Like, oh, he was running for the door. I'll, I'll put a gun on him if you want. Yeah. Oh, great. So they, they adhere to the same rules that they, that they did in, in real life. Perfect. Yeah. yeah, and, yeah. yeah and they uh, circling back to the, the one thing with Cameron Bacon's character killing him. 
I think it, it could have been a better because the whole reason they had that happen is because you're supposed to, you know, the revenge plot and all that stuff um, was for, um, you know, Ryan Reynolds character to like maybe accidentally die on that bus. And then Kevin Bacon's character sort of to be a little paranoid, um, you know, maybe, you know, have it be a little more paranoid than than not vindictive, sort of like um, make him a little more nervous about getting that gold back than he seems to be um, because he's like, oh shit, he might end up on the other side and know about this gold, you know. But then you don't have the revenge story. Yeah, yeah. So you you have to give him, you have to give Ryan Reynolds a reason to be back in Boston. True. I I just think it, but you you could be 100% true and I could be wrong. And and the fact that I, I think the Kevin Bacon character works better more as a paranoid, like, uh, a ringleader than a uh, um, a strategic one. Um, Kevin Bacon's character needs to be an ancient deity or something like that. Yeah, something that's been hiding on Earth for thousands of years. Yeah, not just a guy who died getting a lap dance. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that movie... just... Go ahead. Sorry, I'm just gonna say I just wanted this movie to be funny. I didn't find it particularly <laughs> funny. I don't need I don't need the backstory. It's a stupid little action comedy uh but light on the comedy i think i just i like i i I liked jeff bridges's character but i didn't find him particularly funny i didn't find ryan reynolds funny because he's playing the straight man i think men in black men in black like i know it's so easy to make the comparison but you know for a reason that like men in black plays to the strengths of both tommy lee jones as the straight man but also a pretty funny character and will smith's natural charisma um yeah and i don't think this movie does either uh either jeff bridges or ryan reynolds any favors no. to be honest because yeah, the the beauty of the men in black like you said tommy lee jones is the perfect straight man to will smith's comedic talents where tommy lee jones doesn't have to mouth off and give little uh tidbits here like little gemstones of uh wisdom right he's stoic he lets his actions speak for him when Will Smith goes off and does something half cocked, right? He tries to do something crazy, and it's really uh, Tommy Lee Jones just does something very simple, and it works. That's the comedic part, mm-hmm. uh, and how he's very rigid, and Will Smith is very, very fluid, right? He's 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 funnier, he's he's hipper, right? Where Tommy Lee Jones is listening to Elvis, and he, he drives the the Lincoln POS, as they call it. This you have Jeff Bridges, who's supposed to be the Tommy Lee Jones character, never shuts the fuck up. Yeah, that's true. And, <laughs> yeah, I, I I had to look at you sideways a couple times because you were yeah. over there like cackling. Because <laughs> he's so he's just so ridiculous that it's adorable. He's like a senile <laughs> cowboy. It's it's just it's really silly. Is I don't know. Maybe zaddy? I'm the, uh, I wouldn't go that far. No, not a zaddy. We might talk but about f- another zaddy later, though. But Frank Stallone. <laughs> yeah, zaddy. zaddy. <laughs> I forgot about that. Confirmed. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like I, to be a zaddy, he probably needs to have teeth. Right, Jen? Jeff Bridges? Yeah. Yeah, right. He doesn't have teeth in this movie. As far as I know, we don't see I mean, teeth. as you put it, he was gumming it up the whole oh time. I think he was just really trying to overdo the accent. Well, so. Mission accomplished. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, he, he basically took his character from True Grit and just brought it into R.I.P.D. Yeah, yeah. I I think some of the the comedy moments 
would have played better when they showed their alternate thing if if Marissa Miller didn't have a charisma level slightly above Kevin Durant. Um, well, I, think, screen. I don't know if you could really lamp again International Women's Day, yeah. Mark. Come on, <laughs> but also Mark. she's on the screen for a combined. 40 seconds. Mark, <laughs> Mark. Cut her some slack. I think she might have one line, too. Mark, do you want to go after Piper Mackenzie Harris, the little redhead girl at the end? <laughs> we're not there yet, Dan. Okay. Just, we're, I just, I'm crossing off all the women here. Yeah. Jen, so, be careful. I, I didn't mean to bring you into this. Yeah, I yeah, know. Right, I, man. I have my right guard in, up. It's okay. We're in the firing yeah. range. You got anything to say? Anything to say about uh, Stephanie Zostak? No, I actually like the Julia character. Ooh, I just, God. I just, I just wish I had more of the relationship to care about why Ryan Reynolds was so desperate. Um, you I know. think it would have been cooler if I agree. I liked her. It, it, you need to have that anchor for on Earth. Yeah, for sure. I think it would have been cool if he were single. Just he's a crooked cop who's getting a second chance, and he he's just doing yeah. it. Out of revenge. Now you just want to eliminate acting opportunities for women, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> you can have her on there. Maybe you can make it that they were like he just met her or something like that. But I feel I, I feel like Dan is pitching a movie that exists in the eighties, actually. Has to be what, like Switch. Me? Switch. That's what it is. Switch starring Ellen Barkin and Jimmy Smiths. Is is it something similar to this? He dies and comes a, back? A sexist womanizer is killed by one of his former lovers and then reincarnated as a woman. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, that's a good dig right there, Ant. I'm what? surprised you remembered like you were, you remembered that movie existed. Yeah, I remember this poster. Jimmy Smith's on top of a gun and Ellen Barkin hanging off of it. Remember when Jimmy Smith's was like big? Yeah, this was 1991. This is pre yeah. NYPD Blue. Interesting. Yeah, I do. I, I do re- oh, no. Um... Written and directed uh, by a uh, famous director, Blake Edwards. Interesting. I'd never heard of this movie. Do, do you think the director of this movie, Robert Schwenke, do you think he knew about the, uh, that? I hope so. Oh, you see, he also directed Red. That's why he has um, uh, Mary Louise Parker in it, because she was also in Red. Yeah. You know who wasn't in Red? By, uh, <laughs> Parker, Posey. Parker Posey. <laughs> Parker Posey. Parker <laughs> Posey. Oh man, yeah. I, it, it, I know Jen was nerve—not nervous, but she was saying you guys are gonna like tear it apart. I don't think this movie could really—you can't tear something apart that didn't try. That I don't hard. care. Just to just to be clear, I don't care if you guys tear it apart. I was yeah. just—I was more interested to hear because when Dan found out that my sister and I were watching this, he was like, "Oh God!" <laughs> he was like appalled. <laughs> like I might as well have been watching the first Suicide Squad. That's what it—that's what his reaction was. This is a perfectly fine TBS <laughs> two o'clock in the afternoon on a Sunday movie. Uh, you know, I'll, yes. I'll tell you what, it, it's no League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I'll tell you. I'll say that. <laughs> All right. Yeah, you would have to see this 10 more times, right, Dan? Oh, at least. I don't think that's even coming close, to be honest. I've watched League of Extraordinary Gentlemen 10 more times since we've uh, talked about it. <laughs> Wouldn't be surprised. No. <laughs> so. R.I.P.D. from 2013 is directed by Robert Schwentke, who's director of Flight Plan, The Time Traveler's Wife, Red, two movies in the Divergent series, and Snake Eyes, which is a movie that apparently came out. I forgot all about it. Oh, the Nicolas Cage classic. <laughs> no, oh. not 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 that one. I'm That's talking about sweet. the G.I. Joe 
Oh, that one. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's at first I was like, is that a Gerard Butler movie? Nope. No. 2021 it came out. You guys forget remember that? I didn't. <laughs> I I completely forgot they made G.I. Joe live action movies. They made two of them, plus Snake Eyes. Oh god. Oh, was that their attempt to create the G.I. Joe like expanded universe? Yeah, pretty like, much. We're gonna, we're gonna do Snake Eyes, then we'll do like Cobra Commander. Yeah. Remember Joseph Gordon Levitt was Cobra Commander? Yes. I don't remember any of this. I don't remember much of the first G.I. Joe movie, but I do remember that. That might be the worst miscast in the history of cinema. It was like it was like 2008, you know, though. So like people were head over heels about Joseph Gordon Levitt in a weird way. Because they saw Don Juan. That's why, right? Don John. Don John. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, yeah this guy's going to be the next big thing. Yeah, that, yeah, like that. I mean, we're getting off topic, but Jessica Gordon always seemed like he was like putting on a voice. Like I did, I always felt like his voice was really higher in real life, but he was just <laughs> always like dropping it a, an octave. We've never. Are you saying we've never heard his real voice? Yeah. That would be such a great conspiracy theory. <laughs> yeah. We got to start that. So we could put that in the top with like, Avril Lavigne died or you know, <laughs> McCartney died. Joseph Gordon-Levitt uses a, a voice double. Yeah, he's got a, he's uh, like Elizabeth Holmes. Yeah. <laughs> Just going deeper. But it stars Ryan Reynolds, Jeff Bridges, Mary Louise Parker, Kevin Bacon, Stephanie Zostick, James Hong, Marissa Miller, Robert Nepper, Michael Malley, and Devin Ray IMDb score of 5.6, Rotten Tomato score of 12%. Oof. Budget. $130 million box office, $78 million worldwide. Took Ooh. a bath. <laughs> Again, we were so close to not having to worry about Ryan Reynolds anymore. I know. He was box office poison in the early <laughs> 2000s. And, and and now he's Hugh Jackman's problem. So Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. He was also in like that really, that body switch movie with Jason Bateman. Oh, that? the switch, right? The switch up? Yeah, something like that. Or the change up? The change up. That, I don't know. There was that was another that was another thing that was weird back then was all the Jason Bateman movies. Yeah, <laughs> or yeah, he's like the affable, like the lovable loser essentially, Jason yeah. Bateman. Because he was in the the Change Up, which is the body switch movie, and I think he's in the Switch, which is the one where he <laughs> where he swaps like the semen sample of Jennifer Aniston. For, yes, and yeah, which wow. I, I remember watching those two movies thinking they were going to both be comedies. I, I know the change up is more comedy, but my God, they're, they're kind of depressing. Those movies. Yeah, they're they're not fun movies. And Jason Bateman's usually known for more fun kind of tone. Mm-hmm. That's it for the Jason Bateman corner. You guys want to get into the plot? Let's do Let's it. Do it. All right. Dan, what do you got for us this week? All right, guys, uh, I'm going to plug two of my favorite podcasts. I love them. They're the best. You should listen to them. One of them is uh, the Game Vault podcast. We have two of the the members, the founding members here, Jen and Mark. Uh, So it's a biweekly podcast. Pretty much wherever you get your podcasts, uh, you can find it. Just search Game Vault podcast. They talk about uh, game news, game news. Video game news. What else do you guys talk about? Final Fantasy VII. Um, <laughs> That's true, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, essentially we just talk about, um, you know, uh, all... Uh, I know you're making a joke about gaming news, but uh, talk about all gaming news, whether it's related to 
specific games, the uh, culture surrounding games, um, just not, you know, not so much just about video game releases or, or, you know, certain things. We try to mix it up. Jen likes to find, you know, some out-of-the-box stories um, pertaining to games. So the new segment has a nice variation to it. And then we uh, once a week do a, uh, a we do a retro roulette game per podcast where we take a game from uh, Tom's collection, or if if Tom doesn't happen to be on the podcast, I roll a uh, a, a random um, game generator thing to just pull out another game, um, and then we play through that um, over on our stream at Game Vault Pod every mon- every other Monday, um, along when the podcast drops. Um, if you're listening to this um, when it when the episode first airs, um, our next uh, podcast will be uh, this coming Monday. Uh, so be sure to check it out. Um, over at Game Ball Pod on, on Twitch, um, we stream um, three nights a week for sure. Um, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Uh, Mondays is Retro Roulette slash Right Now It's The Last of Us. So I'm playing through in combination with the, um, with the show. Um, so if you're listening to this a little bit down the road and the show's been off the air for a while, we're probably doing something else on Mondays. Um, but every other Monday is uh, always going to be Retro Roulette, um, that's for sure. Um, and then um, we have our Wednesday um, stream um, over over there that Jen um, does, and she uh, does a good job sort of bringing over the uh, horror gaming feel from from her personal channel, Roxy Foxy. Um, so if you like... Uh, you know, Phasophobia and Dead by Daylight and games like that. Um, they are all um, usually played on Wednesdays. I think Seven Days to Die um, as well. Um, and then Friday nights is my series, uh, Friday Night Fight, Fight Night or Friday Night Fights. I haven't decided exactly. I think I said both while on the air. Um, but essentially what it is, is I'm, I'm trying to learn how to speed run Mike Tyson's punch out. Um, I've so far got up to Soda Pop, um, who is the um, second person um in the final circuit before you get to tyson um and i can pretty easily get there in probably under 10 minutes at this point um but the big challenge is everything after um so be sure on my journey the goal is is at some point in the next couple months here um is that i get a time on the leaderboard over at speedrun.com um for for speedrunning the complete game and then saturdays and sundays are always a throw up they're a grab bag if i want to do something or if I'm really into a game that we're playing um, on Mondays, um, that's not The Last of Us, um, I might bleed it over to then. We recently did that with Hi-Fi Rush. Um, so be sure to check us out on Twitch. Um, and like I said, the podcast is pretty cool too. Um, you get to hear all the games that we're into. Uh, um, and hopefully you really like um, Final Fantasy VII and Pokemon. And also, go over to geekvibesnation.com and search Top 10 with Tia. Uh, weekly podcast, Tia and Brittany run down their top 10 lists. So again, top 10 with Tia at geekvibesnation.com. Okay, great. And we are going to take a quick break and you guys are going to listen to messages from friends of the podcast. So we will be right back. Hey, this is Ken M. From Padawan J. From the ODPH podcast. Each week, we talk a parlay of topics. That's right. Whether it's sports, pro wrestling, movies, TV, comics, and more, we've got a take on it. And don't forget, odphpodcast.com for links for Patreon, TeePublic, and the Parlay Points blogs, and much more. Thanks for listening to the ODPH Podcast. Now back to your regularly scheduled show. You know I don't know why I was so damn 
Welcome, travelers. Seems like you're looking for a story. Well, I got one for you. It involves adventure, friendship, and all hey, sorts hey, of... Hey, uh, Earl, why don't you tell him about that time I stole that big-ass melon? Yeah, yeah, I, I was going for more... Or you could tell him about the time I kicked your ass, Earl. I wouldn't ever tell him Do I need to get time. my ref gear on? Okay, everyone, shut up. Now come with me as I tell you a story from afar. Hey everybody, my name's David. I'm the DM for From Afar Podcast. A From Afar Podcast is all about four friends separated by distance, brought together by adventure. Hope you all stop by and give us a listen. Thanks. And welcome back. Now it's time to get into plot four, R-I-P-D. We open on Ryan Reynolds doing a voiceover as he chases down some sort of blob monster in the street. It says that three or four days ago, we officially became part of the Rest in Peace Department. And then we flash back to three or four days ago. And we see Ryan Reynolds burying something in the backyard at night. In the morning, he's woken by his wife. He talks about their orange tree in the backyard, which he just planted, which probably won't survive the Boston winter. It's also mentioned that he's a cop and always a cab. Yes. <laughs> After presumably an early morning coitus, she goes for a run while he goes to work. Ryan Reynolds plays Nick, which I had to look up because I still have not said name yet. And he goes to work with a bunch of asshole Boston cops, including Kevin Bacon. In a quiet corner, Kevin Bacon brings up some gold that they wound up taking after a drugs bust, and that was what Nick was burying in the backyard. Nick tells Hayes, Kevin Bacon, that he buried it, and he's out of the evidence-stealing business. Real quick. A, yeah. Wouldn't it have been a, a good idea to show that scene where they, they bust the drug dealers and they find the gold? It's like, like, oh, here, 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 take this, take this. Because now you can kind of pivot and show us that Kevin Bacon is who he is or a little or like hint at it a little earlier instead of just having this big reveal come out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Right. Because now it's he was purposely tracing the gold. Right. You could even have like a throwaway line where uh, Ryan Reynolds is talking to Kevin Bacon. Like, hey, well, why are we here, man? Like, wh- what's going on? Like, oh, I got a, I got a tip on a big bust here. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, it is weird that we don't see that scene. However, this movie's an hour and 35 minutes and I'm not saying we should add more time to that. Sure. You could get rid of one of the scenes where, uh, where people hit on Roy's avatar mm-hmm. for that scene. How about that? The well, charisma list, Marissa Miller, as Mark mentioned. He, <laughs> you, that Marissa Miller. <laughs> get her out of here. She's so mid, right, guys? <laughs> that Jen said those exact words, and I, you know, I was taken aback. Yeah, that's what we do over at Game Ball Pod. Yeah, just bash sexy women. Yeah, just bash crash women. Yep. <laughs> oh, wow. Jen was very upset because I I came to her defense. I was like, Jen, she's a strong, independent woman, and she's doing a fine job here. <laughs> And what did Jen say? She said, I don't even know you anymore. And, <laughs> and then she got up and left. Oh, yeah. It's like, stop defending that bog hag. <laughs> bog hag. <laughs> Shout out to Halloween is Forever podcast. I say talk about bog hags a lot. Um, <laughs> oh, that got me. <laughs> Hayes also says that maybe he's thinking better of it too. Then they wind up getting a call that they tracked down a drug dealer that they've been looking for. And the whole department goes out to bring him down. And this, they make a point to name him, and there's no point in it at all. Garza. They roll up to a warehouse and go in guns blazing. Gunfight ensues. Explosions happen, all while Nick looks for Garza. Chases through the warehouse until a door opens fast, and it's Hayes. 
Nick is relieved, but Hayes says he can't let him turn in the goal and then shoots him right in the fucking face with an assault rifle. Nick falls off the catwalk and lands on the ground. Jen, you had a pretty good point about this. Yeah. The shooting in the face. So the first time I watched it, I noticed an inconsistency. So I look for it this time and I'm pretty sure even though he says that his partner shot him in the face at two different points in the movie, when it actually happens, he shoots him in the chest a bunch of times, which causes him to fall backwards. And then the fall actually is what kills him because he like lands on his head. essentially. Yeah, that, that was weird. It was because I thought so. I thought that was the same thing. I like he kept saying it. I was like, did he though? I felt yeah. like it was the chest. He, yeah, he even has a line when they're going to the bust, right? Because he he mocks Ryan Reynolds mocks Kevin Bacon for wearing this charm. Yeah, because Kevin Bacon says, "Oh, it protects me," and Ryan Reynolds says, "Well, this actually stops bullets," and he's pointing at his bulletproof vest. Mm. So that's that's the point of the. At least that's what I thought, right? He, I yeah. You know, I go won- ahead. I was gonna say, I wonder if it's a a sensor rating thing. That's exactly what I was saying. Exactly. Yeah. They looked at shoot, it and they can't like, shoot oh, him in the face. Yeah. <laughs> you can't shoot him in the face in a PG thirteen movie. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it, Ryan Reynolds probably put his foot down. Like no one hits my face. All right. This <laughs> is this is the money maker. I'll I'll take a pratfall and break my neck, but. <laughs> you're not messing with the with, with, the with, with my face yeah. i i would have thought you know what would have been cool here uh it, it, i think it would have been cool instead of having this whole big action scene like maybe bacon calls reynolds in the middle of the night like oh like oh nick we found this garza guy I, i'm i'm outside his place meet me here now like, all, right, all right i'm on my way and it's just bacon and reynolds it's a, it's more intimate right mm-hmm. you feel the betrayal a little bit more yeah, it'll be cheaper too. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would have knocked off millions from that scene because there's all that CGI and everything happening. That's a high budget set piece. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we probably saved them $20 million right there. <laughs> <laughs> he wakes up to find time has stopped and he walks through the scene of mayhem in the warehouse until the world starts to dissipate and he is brought through some sort of wormhole, comes out the other side, sitting in a chair across from Mary Louise Parker. She tells him that he's dead and that as a dirty cop, he's in for it when he goes to judgment. But as a cop, he has skills that he could that they could use. So they offer him a job in the RIPD instead of going for judgment. So there's the rest in peace department. So he'll go back to Boston and he says he's in immediately with thoughts that he'll have to be able to reunite with his wife. He gives him a vest or she gives him a vest. And when he puts it on, he's branded with an RIPD badge on his chest and brings him on a tour. Reminiscent of Will Smith's first day with the men in black. She brings him through some prison, which what looked like monsters, which she calls deadies. They could have used a second pass on that name and says they're dead people that slipped through the cracks and stayed on Earth after their souls left and started to rot. Then she brings him to the bullpen to meet his partner, Roy, who was introduced to the movie Blowing Away a Dead Monster that is trying to escape. Roy begrudgingly accepts Nick as his new partner, even though he thinks he doesn't need one and tells him to follow him. They go into some sort of toilet transport circle and winds up in a VCR repair shop. Then they head to Nick's funeral as they watch from atop a hill. Nick then sees his wife and tries to go talk to her, but she acts like she doesn't know who he is. And then he sees Hayes and tries to attack him, but he's pulled back by a bunch of officers. Nick goes back to Roy, and Roy explains that in the RIPD, they don't look like themselves to the outside world. Nick, I, how how did he get that far at a cop's funeral? Is my question. Like, I mean, he was just yeah. a little old Chinese man. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, they felt bad for him or something. This little yeah. very very inconspicuous, right? I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, James Hong. 
legendary James Hong. The legendary James Hong. And he has like two lines in this movie. It's criminal. <laughs> he's so yeah. cute. He is. He's great. <laughs> With this James little Hong banana. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I man, I don't know how I would have felt if you're James Hong and they just like, all right, James. Uh, in this scene, you're gonna be running through the streets holding a banana. <laughs> what the fuck, man? It's gonna I, be I, great. I, I've been in the business for like sixty years. <laughs> you're gonna do this to me? Oh. Just, just give me seven more years, and I'm gonna blow your socks off in an <laughs> awesome movie. Uh, would you rather be James Hong as your avatar or Marissa Miller? Uh, I, that's not fair. Obviously, <laughs> Marissa Miller. But you don't get the you're you're not walking around it's like. You can't Je- see down your own yeah. shirt, Dan. Jeff, I know Bridges, what you're doing there. Jeff Bridges to Jeff Bridges looks like Jeff Bridges, right? That's a good point. He doesn't right. look like Marissa Miller. It's a good point. And you got to uh, deal with all the, like the pervy guys hitting on you because she or well, Jeff Bridges character got hit on the entire movie. Yeah, but I crave attention. So that's <laughs> that's, that's <true>. perfect. <laughs> I, I would, oh, I would see how far I could take it. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? Never mind. <laughs> oh, I think you know what it means. I do. Yeah. It's also weird on over to my place, sweetheart. Okay. <laughs> it's weird that she's not wearing a hat when he's wearing a hat, though. That's a good point. I never thought <laughs> like Marissa Miller should be walking around with a cowboy hat, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah, that's how it should be. But, or but like... James Hong is wearing a hat. Oh, see? <laughs> where, where, Nick, where Nick is not wearing a hat. We were also saying, like, when, when people are looking at their avatars, their heights are different than the actual yes. characters' heights. So mm-hmm. like when someone's looking at Ryan Reynolds character, he their their eyes are up where he's yeah. actually, but obviously James Hong is all the way down here. So it yeah. didn't make sense either. It's probably close to a foot difference between James right. Hong and, and Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> right. Because right? yeah. Ryan Reynolds has gotta be like six two, something like that. Probably, James I, Hong is probably not more than five five. <laughs> no. At this he's at literally this stage six two. Ryan Reynolds is literally six two. There you I, go. I feel like Marissa Miller. Well, she's Hong's, five eight. According to according to his biography, James Hong is five ten. <laughs> oh no! no oh yeah, way. I see it. <laughs> Get out of here! Yeah, Damn. he's got a very small. He's got a very small, uh, like persona. Like, did he does they make not... him slouch? Maybe. Maybe. Make him look cuter. And and it's the opposite with Marissa Miller and Jeff Bridges because Jeff Bridges is six one. She's five eight. Yeah. So you, wow. when you're looking at when you're looking at his avatar, you'd be looking down. Yeah. Right. Well, everyone is looking down at his avatar. That's, that is true. Yes. <laughs> so that explains that. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. I'm surprised I, she's she's only 5'8". Nobody gets yeah, taller. She, she looked taller in this movie. She rocks those heels. I mean, though. she wears heels, yeah. See, I, so I get the gag, right? The gag is it's a, a hot blonde and an old Asian man. Yeah. Hilarious. It doesn't serve the purpose, and it, it wouldn't serve a purpose in real life if this were real, right? Because right. now you're drawing a ton of of attention to yourselves. Yeah, yeah, it's conspicuous. Not only is like you've got a s- swimsuit model, you've also paired her up with. Uh, it's a very <laughs> odd pairing, besides the fact that they're obvious. You know, yeah, right. they definitely it's, don't work together. Right. No, it, like, it's. Go, go ahead, Anne. I'm sorry. I was just gonna say it's like I, like possibly the most attractive person anyone's ever seen in real life and then small little chinese asian man hanging out (laughs) (laughs) shooting the shit it draws so much attention yeah you you know the gag should have been so roy is marissa miller and you make ryan reynolds 
an even hotter girl or like <laughs> an equally as attractive woman. Cause now like say they're trying to get somewhere and it's just, they're constantly being swabbed by horny dudes. Mm -hmm. So it's, it, and they, they, they fight as the RIPD officers and then they could fight as the attractive women as well. Like who's the, who's wearing the, the dress better, whose hair looks better. Just, you could do it that way instead of it just being, Oh, it's, it's an odd pairing. It's yeah. so strange. Yeah, I wouldn't mind to see Marissa Miller and Heidi Klum in a sci-fi action movie. Yeah, yeah. that sounds like seems like fun. Oh, I mean, right. they, there's your Men in Black four <laughs> or five because they already did one uh, with Chris Hemsworth. I don't think, <laughs> remember that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they like to talk about that movie. <laughs> I really forgot that existed. They, they did the mind eraser thing on on us. Yeah, <laughs> we saw funny. that in theaters jen Good that Lord. was yeah that was close to one of our last ones in theaters before you know uh, yeah I, yeah it, it did make me want to take my own life that's for sure so. <laughs> <Wow>. oh. <laughs> oh, mid-movie just yeah. walk out into traffic i remember we went to universal right before the pandemic and they were really banking on that movie being a thing <laughs> i'm sure they were going to try to get uh chris hemsworth to do like an intro to the ride <laughs> like welcome to the I uh, MYB International. This is my Australian accent. <laughs> it's pretty spot on. Yeah. Oh great! Now, I yeah, people sometimes mm. mistake me for Chris Hemsworth. Fucking <laughs> nailed it. That's all I got to say. <laughs> <laughs> so Nick looks like Esther Thompson. <laughs> Nick looks like James Hong, legendary actor, and Roy looks like Sports Illustrated swimsuit model Marissa Miller. And they go to investigate a potential daddy, which is what they call dead people that are hanging around the earth. They go to a sketchy apartment. The guy lets them in. Roy then sits in front of the guy and eats Indian food sloppily as he talks with a mouthful. <laughs> I hated this. As Nick <laughs> reads from cards, which I guess is yeah. some sort of code words that help him make those monsters show their truer selves. Yeah, I I'm wondering if they're all like um, meant to be just the just thought of like, I guess, Indian food. Um, well, it's the cumin. It's also a perfect excuse for uh, Jeff Bridges to throw around some casual racism. Yep. He does it a few times. Oh, yeah. He's but then, all... he, then he gets uh, offend, or offended about someone else making a comment later on. Yeah. Because he fought for the North, Jen. That's right. <laughs> I mean, oh, this is yeah. This is like Twitter, uh, t 2012 Twitter racism. Like, you could kind of get away with it, right? Because right. sure. it's a joke. Right. He was from the 1800s. That's what they used to sound like. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what they would say now. <laughs> and the guy shows a true form and Roy lets Nick make the arrest. Nick goes, put some cuffs on him, but it winds up ripping off the door of the fridge and throws it at him. He ducks and slaps some cuffs on him, but the thing winds up pulling his arm off and runs and jumps through a window. Following behind, Roy pushes Nick out the window and rides him down like Slim Pickens and Dr. Strangelove. And they wind up landing on the monster and the fight continues. Eventually they slap cups on him. And go ahead. I was going to say, the, the image of Jeff Bridges riding Ryan Reynolds is, is something I could have done without for the rest yeah. of my life. Because yeah. <laughs> Bridges old, looks like he's enjoying it. Good old cowgirl position. Yeah. <laughs> go, and he tells go limp. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> And he puts them on handcuffs and they slap the cuffs on him. And Nick winds up beating the guy with his own arm while he's in cuffs. So a cap. And yeah, I, I know it's 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 not good. He, he he has him in custody and he just 
that's that's police brutality right there. It seems like he's done it before, right? Well, if he's stealing evidence, I'm assuming right. he's run the gamut of things that you're not supposed to do. He's probably planted evidence on some like black teenager. I I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. Right? I, I at least pulled over for no reason. Look, he is a Boston cop. There's no such yeah. thing as a good Boston cop. <laughs> so, so Jen mentioned, because remember we were saying how he doesn't do any of the, uh, he doesn't try to do a Boston accent. Do you think he was transferred to Boston from somewhere else? Mm, I don't know. Maybe he's like rich Boston, you know? Uh, okay. So he doesn't talk like a, a Southie. Right. Exactly. Okay. Dropping your eyes. <laughs> Yeah, that yeah, it's it's possible, right? <laughs> that might have been one of the like only smart decisions they made in in the movie making process. Like everyone tried to do an accent, and they're like, no, 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 no. Let's just not do an accent. Well, Jeff it's Bridges just so bad. said no to Except that. Except for Jeff Bridges, because his accent was incredible. What <laughs> what if what if they had so Jeff Bridges' character was supposed to be a cop from like Boston in the nineteen forties or fifties? But his accent was atrocious, so they were like, "We gotta change this around." <laughs> the only thing we could do with the gumming is is yeah. old old uh, West. <laughs> yeah, like J- Jeff came onto the set one day and he was going, he was doing his lines like, "All right, listen, Jeff, we've made a big change. You're no longer a cop from Boston in 1955. You're now an officer from the 1800s, and your your character's name is Rosephus." <laughs> And he's just like, she's like, fuck yeah, I get to do a, a stupid Southern accent. Let's do it. That'd be pretty good. Yeah, I, I think we've just we figured out pretty much everything about this movie. Mm-hmm. It's like we were there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the guy winds up throwing up a bunch of gold, similar to the gold Nick buried in his backyard. They go back to the precinct. They line the gold as evidence. But Nick wants to get to the bottom of this gold. Meanwhile, there's a whole bunch of chaos going on at the precinct, which Never really comes up. They head back out and wind up at Fenway Park and they meet with Mike O'Malley from Guts. Works no the mo. scoreboard. <laughs> no mo. No mo. Hey, mo! Uh, who works the, he works the scoreboard in the Green Monster. Nick shakes him down about some information, but he sa- doesn't say much about the gold except that it's junk. So Nick gives it to Mike O'Malley and they leave. Then they wait in the car, wait for Mike O'Malley to leave the stadium. And then Hayes winds up pulling up the car and talks to Mike O'Malley. Real quick, did any of you guys think that the the informant was going to be David Ortiz? Uh, I, I thought it was going to be a player cameo. Me too. Because I, I clever. Yeah, right. That, that would have been so cool. Like, uh, like they show up on the, the the Red Sox dugout, like right by where the, the you know the players are hanging out, and Ortiz just kind of walks over to them. It's like you you know David Ortiz? Like oh yeah. Ortiz has been dead for a long time. Well, that, why do you think he's so powerful? <laughs> that would right. be pretty funny. Yeah. It's not the PEDs, wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> it's because he's dead. Yeah. Uh, then Hayes gets back into his car, and then they start to tail him. They wind up going to Nick's house. And Hayes goes inside and talks to Nick's wife, saying he thinks Nick buried something in the backyard. So they spy on him until he digs up the gold, telling Nick's wife that Nick stole it from a crime scene and that Hayes will take care of it. They continue following Hayes until he goes to a train station and waits on a bench. Then Buzz from Home Alone comes along and picks up a suitcase from Hayes and walks on. They intercept him and take him to the back room to interrogate him. They use cumin because it's the key ingredient to expose the monsters for their true form. They tell him to turn over the briefcase, but he decides he's tired of hiding, so he huffs the cumin, turns into a monster, and makes a run for it. He starts breaking shit all over Boston as they pursue. 
Chase goes all through Boston. Roy winds up hitching a harpoon to the monster and it drags him up a skyscraper and into an office. Eventually winds up in an elevator shaft and they recover the briefcase, but the monster gets away. They go back to the precinct that Mary Louise Parker chews them out for letting him get away and for basically exposing the RIPD to the general public. Then she gets a message from Eternal Affairs saying the gold are pieces of an artifact called the Staff of Jericho that can reverse the portal to the afterlife, essentially bringing the dead back to Earth. Another message says that Nick and Roy have now been suspended and may be erased after a trial the next day. Nick, pissed at this, goes to see his wife, who's running at the track. He approaches her and he tries to talk to her, but she runs away. I I would have liked to have seen for slight comedy, um, just for the scene where she stops to just have it be, you know, his avatar behind her. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I would have, I, I think this could have been played more for laughs a little bit more than it was. Yeah. I don't think this, this scene in particularly is played for laughs at all. It's supposed to be yeah. heartfelt. And yeah, I just wanted it to be funny again. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's why you kind of you get rid of her, right? Yeah. It, you, Offer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need, we we do what you meant by her. get yeah. rid of her. <laughs> they ruined this movie with all these female characters. Damn. <laughs> I, I just because the movie doesn't know if it wants to be a full on comedy or if it wants to do dramatic pieces. And like they they put comedic parts in dramatic sets. It, it's it doesn't mesh. You kind of have to just go full bore one way or the other. Um, I I just don't think it really helps this scene. Mm. Yeah, I don't think I think this movie tried to do a couple of things and did half of them, and no one wound up happy at the end. Basically, yeah, I know <laughs> I wasn't happy. Oh, there there is one person who wound up happy at the end of. And she's with us right now, so. (laughs) All right. Roy tells him that he's scaring her and that Nick needs to accept that he is dead and let his wife move on. Gets mad and they argue. But later Nick apologizes and they start to talk about how Hayes is probably actually a monster too. So they decide that they're going to solve this crime. They turn in their badges and their guns, though. Uh, Hayes meets with a guy. I mean, you have to. It's it's that type of movie. Yeah. Well, they can't turn their badge in because it's imprinted on their chest. That's true. Hayes meets with the guy who handle hands over a piece of metallic ball and they talk about how they're going to bring down the RIPD and they're going to do what Dedos have been trying to do for 3,000 years, a piece together the staff of Jericho. Later, Hayes gets a call from Julia, Nick's wife. And she, she says the old Chinese man from Nick's funeral came to talk to her again and she thinks that Nick is trying to communicate with her. This tapes Hayes, tips Hayes off that she might be right. Right at that moment, Roy and Nick go to Hayes' house to talk to him. Roy goes through the front and Hayes lets him in while Nick sneaks in through the back. Hayes goes to grab a gun from under the sink, but Nick is, gets to it first. And they find the gold stash in the water heater. They bring Hayes into the precinct, who seems happy about all of it. And they book the evidence, including ha- that half a ball, which winds up fusing with another half ball in, in the evidence and winds up exploding, releasing some sort of pulse through the precinct, which freezes the department and allows a whole bunch of deadies to walk out while the RIPD can't do anything. Hayes escapes with a whole bunch of other deadies in the gold and set out on the streets of Boston. Chaos ensues as the deadies terrorize Boston. Eventually, they set up shop at the top of the Commonwealth building, building staff out of the go- all the gold pieces and start the classic beam out of the light into the sky. That was all the rage in the 2010s. Yeah, so the one thing that I didn't get in this whole sequence is coming up here is where the other like black hole things are coming from. Like, can can when dead people 
like show their true form? Can they like create wormholes or whatever the hell those things were supposed to be? I don't know. I thought it was the the staff was creating them. That's yeah. what I figured. I think the I think um one of the either Ryan Reynolds character Jeff Bridges mentioned it's the destruction that comes along with the dead roaming the earth, something oh, like oh. that. But I don't think it was really confirmed either way. It was just a quick passing line. Yeah, I think it was a cool um like supposed to be like a cool visual for the action scene. Mm-hmm. You know, and they didn't really care much to um have it make any sense. Yeah, I could be wrong again. This movie was very, um, despite seeing it a couple hours ago, you know, forgetting little details like I didn't even know about the line Jen just mentioned. So I completely forgot. There's a line in this movie where they blame global warming on the dead people that are still on Earth. And that yes. made Dan so angry. <laughs> <laughs> well, because because so like all those deniers, you're like, see, I told you, it's fake. It's the dead people doing it. <laughs> just watch R.I.P.D. You fucking idiot. <laughs> even worse is just letting uh corporate greed off the hook see yeah exactly. we're allowed to do we're allowed to dump the uh, shit into our, our oceans because it's not us that's actually doing it Mm-mm-mm. it's just running around spraying like aerosol cans around it's <laughs> yep. okay it's only the dead people we're fine <laughs> hayes also manages to have julia brought by some cops that are actually deadies for the purposes of a sacrifice and blah 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 fight ensues on top of the commonwealth building deadies are shot julia gets shot roy manages to drop a dump truck onto the staff shattering it hayes gets shot in the face by nick which makes him vanish nick manages to have a moment with julia as james hong and then she wakes up in a hospital bed then mary louise parker tells the guys that they're actually are getting erased they went light on nick because he's a recruit when they're putting roy on probation adding to his sentence or tenure i suppose and Roy tells Nick that he got a new avatar because he wasn't happy with his old Chinese guy get up. And it winds up being a little girl in a Girl Scout uniform. And that is the end of R.I.P.D. I yeah. don't know if there was an after credit sequence. So no, I might stick around to find out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I ended up having to watch this because apparently on Peacock as well as Netflix. Um, watching on there and literally the credits were on screen for like 30 seconds and then cut to the next movie. So I don't know if it's a Peacock thing or if it's just they're like, we know you don't give a fuck about this. Mm-hmm. Netflix did the same thing. We're just, yeah. we're just going to show you something. Else. Watch Red Notice. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, man. My goodness. Yeah, it's again. It's not the worst movie we ever watched. It's fine. It's very 2013 action comedy sci-fi movie. Nothing more. Nothing less. Right, uh, right in the same ballpark as like Cowboys versus Aliens or Cowboys and Aliens, whatever it was called. Yeah, Cowboys and Aliens. Yeah, but yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Th- th- this movie, it-, it had a good premise. Yeah, it's all premise. Yeah, and it's just poor execution. Like Cowboys and Aliens. Great <laughs> premise. Yeah, Great is... premise, poor execution. Yeah, very unique, right? Yeah. What kid doesn't like the idea of uh, chasing down ghosts, right? Yeah. Like just playing around, do- doing all this high-tech gadgetry. It's cool, and... I, I think the characters were just very one-dimensional. You you yeah. don't get much out of any of them. Uh, I I don't think they worked well together, Ryan Reynolds and Jeff Bridges. Because and you you mentioned it. It should have been the other way around. Ryan Reynolds is shouldn't be the straight man. Yeah. Right. That should be yeah. Jeff Bridges. So clearly should be Jeff Bridges. Yeah. I feel like it should have been Kurt Russell oh, in God. like more sh- play and, and playing it more straight. Mm-hmm. Uh, well. He gave us the what the good guys or nice guys, right? 
he was good in that. And so he could pull off because he's the straight man in Nice Guys. Mm, you're Russell, You're thinking of Russell Crowe. Who did you say? Did I not say Kurt Russell? You did say Kurt Russell. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. right. I don't know why I had Russell Crowe. Uh, well, I guess there's never mind. Kurt, I, Kurt Russell Crowe is what I said. Kurt Russell Crowe. <laughs> That's that's a good combo right there. I'd watch a movie with them. Um, yeah, Kurt Russell's awesome too. So either way, yeah, and have him play more of the straight man because I think Jeff Bridges does come off a little more comedic. That he's like the comedic version of Kurt Russell. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, I I don't know. I I think how many times has Jeff Bridges been in like a, a this kind of comedy? Not very often, right? He he's not known for this kind of stuff. I mean, he was in the uh, the Big Lebowski. Sure. And even that is more, it's not the same kind. It's not an action comedy. It's a comedy, no. but yeah, I don't, yeah, I, don't, I don't know. It's just, it's just not great. Yeah. But that is our IPD and we're going to take a quick break and we have one more segment left. But before that, you guys are going to list some ads or pay those bills and we will be right back. And welcome back. Now it's time to get into our last segment and we are calling this Mount ACAB. So we've done Mount Rushmore's in the past. I think we last time we did it was for wrestlers. This time is fictional police officers. So who would like to start? Who's wants to reveal their Mount Rushmore's? And remember, keep this, you know, brevity's sake and your elevator pitches, because because we've got four people here. That's uh, 16 entrants. That's a lot. <laughs> so who wants to go first? I, I think our guests should go first. Perfect. Oh boy. OK. <laughs> Ladies um, first on International Women's Day. <laughs> I love Mark it. Thank is, you. Mark is punching the Are air. Are you right okay now. with this, Mark? Is this okay? Fine. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. So just go through all four real quick, right? Yep. All right. So on my Mount Rushmore, I have uh, John McClane from Die Hard, of course. Mm-hmm. That's a good um, one. Yes. I have, let's see. I have Jake Peralta from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. This one was hard for me because I was going between him and, um, uh, what's his name? Pemberton, who is uh, Captain Holt. Oh, I'm sorry, not Pemberton. He also played Pemberton in Homicide. I was going between him and Captain Holt, but I, I defaulted to Jake Peralta because he's hilarious. Um, and then I have Leon Kennedy from Resident Evil. <laughs> That's a good one, right. Jen. Really good thank one. you, thank you. And last but certainly not least, one of my zaddies, Frank Colombo <laughs> from Colombo. So he's the zaddy that you speak of. Yes, he is the zaddy that I alluded to. Is it is it the weird eye? It's the whole package, honestly. <laughs> it's like the uh, he kind of has like that homelessness vibe to him. He's just yeah. adorable. He's so scruffy and cute. Oh, I don't know how to feel about falling in love with a person who looks homeless. <laughs> You know what I mean? He's he's just like Boy. this lovable, you could fix nerdy him. dude. I could fix him. Yeah, <laughs> he's 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 got a little raincoat. He always has a cigar. He's so adorable. Oh, I guess I goodness. just I'm starting to have a thing for guys that uh, look scruffy and old. I don't know. Oh, I don't know no. what's happening to me. <laughs> <laughs> he 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 doesn't do any gumming, so I don't know. Oh, Jen, that's a good Mount Rushmore, though. I like that. Thanks. Yeah. So <laughs> it's, it's run, that, run, run it down real, real quick one more time. So Columbo, Jake Peralta from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Leon Kennedy, and John McLean from Die Hard. Pretty good. Pretty good. Thanks. Yeah. What about you, Mark? What about you? Let's go next. Yeah. 
Yeah, so um, I'll start off with uh, uh, number one, um, an old friend of the podcast, and I will take um, uh, Detective Lenny Briscoe from Law & Order. Good old Jerry Orban. Oh, there you go. R.I.P. And I was going back and forth um, on this one because I want to take one person from this movie because I recently watched it. Um, but I will go with the um, more star-making performance. Um, I'll take um, Lieutenant uh, Leanna, uh, I think it's Huxley, um, Sandra Bullock's character in Demolition Man. Oh, okay. Okay, that's a good one. Yeah. Be, yeah. be well, John Spartan. Yes. Um, I, I think a real quick thing about that is um, I love the one thing I loved is her delivery of all the lines that weren't quite right, um, like all the phrases, like 20th century phrases that she like just um, would be like a word off on it, and just how she delivered that straight um, and not too silly was was probably what took her over John Spartan. Um, and then um, going back to uh, TV real quick. Um, I will take uh, the one and only Sunglasses Man himself, Horatio Kane from oh, CSI Miami. <laughs> um, and then I picked the last one is um, I picked um, a, a one that I think would be a podcast favorite and definitely a favorite for Ant. Um, I will take uh, Hobbs from Fast and the Furious. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I had to get right. it in there. Yep. 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 And I saved him for last. <laughs> Just can't let the bit die. No, he because I knew if I did him first, he would stop. Yeah, I wouldn't be able to do it. Ban you from the Discord channel. Yeah. Oh, we, we seem to have lost Mark. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. I'm sure his sure his Mount Rushmore was great. All right. Nice job. Uh, okay, Dan, Mount ACAB, what do you got? All right. First and foremost, James Gordon from The Batman. Uh, the only not crooked cop in, in Gotham <laughs> City, pretty much. Gotcha. Is this uh, the Batman? Uh, just just any Batman. Okay. They're, they're all great. I, I, I don't have a preference for my Jim Gordon. Gotcha. Uh, number two, I don't think he can be crooked, but who knows? Robocop. Oh, you I stole knew you mine. were going to say that. <laughs> Robocop. He's uh, he's an unstoppable tank that just mm -hmm. takes just an onslaught of bullets. It's awesome. Yeah, and he was on my list. He he's great. He yep. can't go wrong. Uh, number three, Lieutenant Frank Drebin from the Police Squad. <laughs> nice. Yes, uh, Leslie Nielsen, fantastic. Just you, you can't beat it. He's great. Um, nice beef. Yeah, it's it's so good. Uh, and if you get it, I don't know if they're around, but see if you can for the the listeners out there. See if you could find the uh, Police Squad TV show because there's some pretty good gags in there too. Uh, and finally, rounding out my Mount Rushmore, a one Chief Wiggum. Oh, Simpson. <laughs> Very nice. Because yeah. he's got that old Wiggum charm, baby. You didn't go with Rex Banner? <laughs> oh, Rex Banner is good, but he's only he's only there <laughs> for one. Uh, he, but that's a good one. Homer versus <laughs> what is it? Homer for, versus the Fourteenth Amendment? Something like that. What, yeah. Or Eighteenth Amendment? Eighteenth Amendment. Yeah, so good. I'm, yeah, I think, I think the Fourteenth Amendment was banning slavery, Dan. <laughs> uh oh, I just told on myself. Uh, I'll get you, Beer Baron. No, you won't. Yes, I will. 
dope. It's a great line. Uh, yeah, Chief Wiggum. He's he's awesome. He's got some some good uh, some some good stuff, obviously. But uh, yeah, he's corrupt and he he's too <laughs> stupid to know it. Okay, nice. Yeah, I also had RoboCop in mind, so I'm gonna make a a new pick for that. Not that you know they're Mount Rushmores, so we can yeah. overlap. But sure. figured talk about a fourth one. Okay, my first one. The only man on Amity Island that is interested in bringing a, ju- a shark to justice, Chief Brody. Yeah. My number one, you know, taking on corrupt mayors and shooting sharks in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Going above and beyond. Yep. Yeah. Uh, number two, the most charismatic cop in all of history from Beverly Hills Cop, Axel Foley. I, I just watched the first Beverly Hills Cop the other day. Mm-hmm. I can't believe I've missed out on it for all these years. So good. So good. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I cannot. <laughs> uh, my third pick uh, may be the exception to a cab uh, from Fargo, Marge Gunderson. Mm, that's Ooh, a good one. Good. Yeah. Good yeah. one. And my fourth, the man that brings all the universes together, recently deceased Richard Belzer as detective munch damn that bad yeah i was i was going back and forth between briscoe and munch just because uh munch was on two series um uh, he started out on homicide life on the street before going to law and order and he's on law and order he was on arrested development he was on yeah. the x-files yeah all is the same character yep so I'm surprised there was no uh, Detective John Kimball mm, well, from, from uh, yeah. Kindergarten Cop. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not a big Kindergarten Cop guy, yeah, I man. suppose. I, I've only seen it once. I, I know it's really just more along the lines of um, quotes mm-hmm. in that movie, not really him as a detective. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not great. But yeah, the solid Mount Rushmore's guy. Yeah. yeah. Mount Acab. It's, yep. and it's uh man so many good so many good ones i'm looking at a list right here martin riggs olivia benson Ooh. roger murtaugh what else we got here thomas magnum <laughs> in his short shorts <laughs> alex j murphy robocop yeah oh yeah I, I just i like that he's essentially Absolutely. just robocop is essentially just like what cops are now and just militarized <laughs> they're yeah. they're basically tanks yeah Nicholas Angel from Hot Fuzz would have been a good call. Yeah, because he's not corrupt. He's he's yep. uh, for the greater good. Mm-hmm. The greater good. Mm-hmm. McNulty, he's crooked. <laughs> so wouldn't <laughs> yeah. pick him. Alonzo Harris from Training Day, super crooked. Yep. Uh, who else? Barney Miller. I, I don't know much about him. Joe Swanson from <laughs> Family Guy. <laughs> and R- Rusty Cole. Yeah, there's some really good ones. Oh. We forgot the fucking king, Carl Winslow. Ooh, that is a good one. Reginald Val Johnson. Ah, that's pretty good. He gets a he gets an honorary mention. Yeah. All right. So those are our lists. Why don't you, uh, if you're listening to this, let us know who your Mount Acab is by reaching out to us on Twitter at TicTampod, or you hit us up on the old Instagram, also at TicTampod. Drop a note on our. They called some movie TikTok. Uh, they called some movie. Keep watching that one video for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> hey, whatever gets you guys in. That's yeah, all I care about. Absolutely. If you can watch uh, our little short clip on my teacher, my obsession, a hundred times today, if you want to, I'm okay with it. 
Um, uh, you could hit us up, uh, email. We now have ticktampod at gmail.com is our brand spanking new Gmail account. So hit us up there with some some Mount ACABs or some movie suggestions. We would love to hear from you. you got a chance. If you're listening to this podcast, you got five minutes or less. Give us a five-star review on your podcatcher of choice. And yeah, that's it for us. Uh, Jen, where can we find you? So I am on Twitter at Roxy Foxy and also Twitch. Again, I'll spell it R-O-X-I-I-F-O-X-I-I. Okay, great. Yeah. And we are going to get out of here. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. But for this episode, the director of RIPD was Robert Schwentke. So for Dan Aquino and Mark Myers, this is Anthony DeVecchio telling Robert Schwentke, well, you certainly made a movie, didn't you? Thanks for listening to They Called Us a Movie. Subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts and be sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at TicTampod. That's T-C-T-A-M-Pod. You can also check us out on TikTok at They Called Us a Movie.